This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Long time. It's Friday, so we're swinging open the gateway to the weekend. Thanks for being with us. Ramya Muthan is at the studio in Toronto on main campus. Good day to you. Good Friday the 13th day to you. How's it going? Oh, had to work that in there. It's good. Oh, of course. It's good. Yeah. Um, my mother used to be this person who believed very much in watch your Friday the 13th. Oh, don't walk under that that mm-hmm. darn, you know, that darn ladder. Oh, oh, a black cat. Oh, you know, she was one of those people and you tried not to laugh because obviously we have to respect each of our our concerns, our viewpoints. And if you want to laugh, go do it somewhere on your own time. I was kind of caught between because being my mom and being the person that believed this stuff, you know, I kind of heated it. You know, mm. watch, don't break a mirror. That's seven years bad luck. Um, from your family and heritage, is the that kind of feel? Is that kind of something that's there or nah, no bad luck? Uh, not Friday the 13th. That's not one of the superstitions, but I was telling folks on Now with Dave Brown, and I will revisit the same sentiment, which is my mom is very superstitious it comes from religion and background and just a community of uh you know how things are done back home and you know having to keep certain things just like happening all the time when it comes to superstition or beliefs you just feel like there's this community feel to it and a lot of that has trickled down to me Kels. i'm not as bad with superstition but i will use um venues like friday the 13th to say ah yes and that's why this is happening Mm. i think i tend to be more for you know people that have their habit to make sure that hey things are going well i'm going to repeat what i'm doing to keep it that way i think Mm. i kind of tend to you know someone says oh yeah i've had lots of good luck well don't change things (laughs) leave things be let's take a look as we will stick to our normal friday tradition of swinging open the gateway to your weekend just just for that good luck let's see what's happening on our program today Android 14 is now available to download on Pixel devices. John Beeler, he's going to run down the accessible uh, upgrades and the changes that are there on our app update. We're talking about the NHL and the Stanley Cup and this whole season to come with Brock Richardson. He's got some predictions for us and other things on our sports update. And on the chatty bookshelf today, Ryan Huey tells us how you can listen to audiobooks using any Android uh, smartwatch without being tethered to your phone. Now that's a wonderful advancement. And we'll get into that conversation with him during hour two of the program. Well, you know it, it's that time, October. I'm always going on about, ah, there's so much sports. You got your hockey. Uh, you know, I'm lukewarm on hockey, but it's nice to see the NHL fired up, certainly my junior hockey. It's wonderful to have the fall classic when it comes to baseball. NFL, cool, but CFL, wow, you know, some great football there. And, of course, the boys return to the uh, uh, court to play basketball. A controversial NBA guard has been fined following an incident with his new team. 
The NBA has fined Houston Rockets guard Dylan Brooks $25,000 for recklessly making contact with Indiana Pacers center Daniel Tice in the groin area. NBA executive vice president and head of basketball operations Joe Dumars made the announcement Thursday. Brooks was assessed a flagrant two foul and ejected for the incident at the 727 mark of the first quarter of Houston's preseason opener against the Indiana Pacers on Tuesday. The 27-year-old Brooks is entering his first season with the Rockets after joining them in free agency. I'm Geffen Coolball. Let me paint this picture for you, Rob. Okay. Mm. Daniel Tice played in the World Cup, as did Dylan Brooks. Uh, Dylan Brooks playing for Canada, Daniel Tice playing for Germany. Um, it was great. Real competitive. Now, what we heard with Dylan Brooks, especially for Canadians who, yeah, they are fans and they maybe know a little bit about him, but unfortunately in the last few years, we've heard a lot of negative about him. Uh, the way he plays, how much he gives, the style, the roughness, whatever. We fell in love, went from disliking and saying, mm, he's a bit of an embarrassing Canadian that way, the way he plays. Now, no one's shunning his abilities. It's the kind of a funny player. He's this different. Well, he was sure different in the World Cup of play for basketball a couple months ago. That guy scored, carried the team at times on his back, and gained thousands of fans. Wow. Overnight, people who even were, yeah, this guy's a troublemaker. Oh, my gosh, I hate watching. He's an embarrassment to Canada, blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want to say, well, he certainly showed up and was no embarrassment. We had pride. We stood straight up. <laughs> so he goes to his first exhibition game for his team, his new team. Mm. And um, I don't want to just say scores, but scores in a unflattering and uh, negative way. So I don't know. I don't know when you see this kind of stuff, you kind of shake your head. I don't know which version of him we're going to get as the NBA season starts. Uh, but I can tell you, if he just plays hard basketball like he did at the World Cup, mm. I think his team will take the uh, once in a while kind of indiscretion and maybe suspension. Um, anyone you get confused by out there in entertainment or anything that you just sort of sit on the fence of, you know, when you start disliking this person or liking this person, they do something to make you turn a bit? Uh, I don't have any kind of like if, ends, or buts, you know, where you're straddling the line with celebrities. Right. I usually just don't pay attention to, to it, this stuff enough. But, you know, there are the slippery slope examples, right? Like we know, everybody knows what's been going on with Kanye West. And even if you yeah. don't, you just assume because it's just everyone's talking trash. But um, the... The thing is, even with this guy, this player, I wonder, do people remember the iffy stuff, the mistakes, or do they remember that, what you just painted, that picture of like, oh my gosh, he took us there. You know, he is incredible. And then kind of dismiss the little things if the better stuff is what happens more often, or do you always wait for, mm, I wonder what he's going to do <laughs> next time. You know, it's, it's I... the psych psychology of it. I think people are going to start dismissing some of the head shakers and just, uh -huh. wow, um, if we see enough of what we saw. And again, Canadians saw that. A lot of others not necessarily viewed it. Uh, it it's really tremendous. I want to see more. I, I love this guy as a player. He's always been really good. But once he started playing for his NBA teams originally, I, I just fell out of knowledge. Didn't know till I saw him at the World Cup. So I didn't have that history. It was just the reputation that he carried. So... Cool, folks. 
Lots coming ahead on the program as it is our Friday. We ease you into it. We settle back and really get you set for your weekend. Coming up next, we talk about butterflies and creating cozy winter beds for them. We're going to do that with our gardener, Susan Kearney, our gardening segment in two minutes. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. Appreciate you hanging out with us as we walk our way through the Friday edition of the program. How are you? Wherever you're checking us out on AMI-tv throughout Canada or listening in on AMI-audio, thanks for being here. We'll deliver. We always do as we uh, bring you another edition of the program here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Live, repeat of the program at 10 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and on AMI-tv. Ramya Muthan's with me. I'm Kelly McDonald. It's time to get into our gardening segment. That's how we kick the shows off. So let's do it and bring on Susan Kearney. Hello, I'm Susan Kearney. Join me on Kelly and Ramya for the joy of gardening by using touch, taste, scent, and sound. So it's funny, Sue, because I... Oh, looking quickly at the script. Oh, okay. Larvae. Larvae? Yeah. Oh, okay. But <laughs> absolutely so crucial, such a discussion point that we need to have here, as today we're going to get into this conversation with you on um, butterfly and moth larvae. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and it's a busy time in the garden um, this time of year. Because I'm 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 harvesting, I'm planting, I'm bringing things into you know for um, for drying or freezing you know the herbs and um, the planting. So and but when I'm doing all of this, I'm thinking of over the winter, not not just just not just me, but right. um, all the little creatures that live in my garden and other people's gardens. So I leave a lot of the. Uh, the stems, the branches. I will take um, the uh, long leaves of some of the, uh, the the dried leaves of some of the plants, and I will um, bind them up with um, other leaves so that they s- stand up, and um, the the larvae can can hide in there and be warm, and uh, it's so. Th- I've been doing this for for many many years, and. Uh, I, I know now uh, that you know they're telling a lot of people don't don't take your um, tree leaves that have fallen and put them into bags because you know um, leave them on your on your garden right. for um, cover for all the little creatures that um, hide under them. It's it's their warm homes for the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Sue. So- we get our snow, we get our spring. What does the garden look like? What, how much more work, if I want to say that, is there for you in the spring doing it this way? How much does it decay and disappear? Well, actually, it's, it is a tremendous amount of work in the spring. And I usually do it after um, the fall because then you know a lot of the little creatures have already either become 
um, like baby butterflies or baby moths or um, bees, wild bees. There's a lot of wild bees. Not all bees live in hives. Uh, many of the wild bees are some of the bumblebees, and I know that today I was, again, uh, it's a beautiful day yesterday too, uh, working out in the garden. I start around uh, this time of year, around 8.30 in the morning, and um, usually uh, yesterday I did about seven hours of work out there. But wow. there was a lot of wild bumblebees, and they were going in and out of a lot of the leaves of my, my morning glories, my um, big tomato plants, and they're just buzzing around because they are um, looking for a place to sleep. They do slumber during the um, winter, and they, they do not have hives. Um, these are lone bees. They're wild bees. So they, they will um, sleep on, on the ground underneath uh, leaves and sticks, stems, so it's it's really important, and it's interesting because the sun was out this morning, and they were just looking, I guess, for some more food because the morning glories are still blooming a little bit. Um, I have some marigolds that are still blooming. I have uh, some geraniums. So they were just sort of wandering around looking for things because soon mm. they'll be going to sleep. And I just leave the stuff. I, I've been doing this for many, many years, and, yes, in the spring, it's it's a big job to clean it all up but you wait until they have woken up that they've got their strength back and uh, if if they've uh, overwintered or if they have turned into butterflies or moths and then um, we can start the cycle all over again so that's what I've been doing in the garden. Susan what's the most challenging part um, for you to do this as a blind person? Oh well I don't I, I don't have much of a problem of um, putting a lot of the things uh, to, um, to for harvesting. Um, I can do all the marigolds on my own. I can um, take a lot of the, the geraniums up. All of that, I can move the irises. What I really did, do need, and um, yesterday, this is why I spent so long in the garden, uh, a friend of mine came over. She's very good at helping me harvest uh, all the things that I have to harvest out there. I think we must have harvested about 10 pounds of mint. Uh, So I have been uh, taking mint. I I put a lot of them into glass containers with some water until... uh, Never-ending mint. At never ending mint it, mm. it really it really is so uh, she helped me do that because you need someone um, to to help you make sure that you're not bringing some, something in that has mold on it or um, doesn't look good has spots on it and you don't want to be freezing that or putting it in um, with because this is food so so you have to be very careful about that 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 is one thing that I do need um, help with. And also, um, I am I cut down a lot of my Thai basil, and I um, I'm, I'm going to germinate that in um, glass jars, water, uh, in some of my windows. And you have to choose ones that have absolutely no seed pods, like flower um, that used to be flowers on them uh, and and that is rather difficult this time of year for me to actually feel because some of the um some of the stems and the leaves are dried and they feel the same as the flowers but you cannot germinate 
those particular stems. If you cut them off, you can put them in a vase. They smell really nice um, on, on the table, or you know you can use those leaves for cooking, but they will not germinate. You you must use ones that have not um, gone to seed, had flowers on it. So this this um, it, it takes a long time, but uh, believe me, with with a, one pair of eyes, it. it works a lot faster you can go a lot faster because she can wow. she can pick out the ones and then uh i i do a lot of the labor um and putting things into water putting things on trays i will be doing the sage on my own because um it, that i can actually feel all all the leaves so i'll just be cutting those down and putting them on drying racks to dry and then putting them into um jars uh, to, to have over the winter, and of course, there's lots of time in the garden. Time in the garden, <laughs> it's um, and and so I have to cut that down. I brought in, I, I brought in about um, oh two um, big colanders full last week, and probably I'm going to get three or four. So it is busy, um, in you know out in the garden. I've been taking and uh, it must be busy even when you come inside as you start trying to get everything into its oh, jars yeah. before problems happen or oh, anything yeah, like freezing. that. Yeah, you got to yeah. Yep. You water it. You have to wash everything. Yes, you have to wash everything. But um, it's it's fun. And I will also be planting my milkweed seeds now. It, you have to do this before the first frost. So, and, and I never know what Mother Nature is going to do next because last week it was 80-odd degrees and then, then all of a sudden everything got cold. So I, I don't know what she's going to do. I'm going to plant them this, this um, weekend, my milkweed mm-hmm. seeds. And, of course, that is for the larvae of the, our wonderful monarch butterflies. And I cannot start these indoors. The, um, the milkweed seed needs to have natural nature's um, freezing and thawing in order to break down the hard shell um, in the uh, on on the seed, oh. and you cannot do that by soaking it. Some seeds right. you can soak. I do soak some seeds. This That's really one you cannot mm-hmm. you because it's not the water; it's the it. cold and and warm. Yeah. Yes. That's it's the cycle it down. itself. Yes. It's nature. So, so Suze, you'll start this weekend. What what is the process? Well, you take the seeds out, and um, I have a, a little area, um, and you just uh, dig up a little bit of dirt. Um, you spread them on, um, and like are there, and then you just cover them up with the uh, with, with the soil. And then I'll be putting a little bit of um, uh, peat on there, and um, then some stems. I will take some um, stems uh, from other plants. I, I don't um, I don't throw those out when I when I cut down all my mint and all that um, and strip the uh, the leaves off. I take all of those stems and I put those back out into the garden um, to, to cover up um, either seedlings or other little creatures that will live under there. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. So as I said, there's planting and there's there's harvesting and there's getting uh, things ready. For um, the uh, for the little larvae to to go to sleep, so it's mm. it's busy in the garden, and uh, that's, that's a good thing. So, well, there's just about this area, same spot. First of all, 
that you use every year as the cycle goes is, or do you move to you have like a couple of spots where you will do the seeding for the milkweed and what's it like come springtime as those larvae wake back up what do you notice well uh, well um i won't have the larvae in in um this year because uh i didn't have milkweed this um last year in in the garden this year i right. i'm planting it and um it needs full sun so it will be um in in the back of my garden where it's kind of sheltered and the um and and it it, it doesn't get a, a tremendous amount of wind there, so it will be sheltered. So next year, uh, we'll have lots of, um, hopefully, um, larvae from the uh, monarchs. I've had several monarchs in my garden in the last few years because I've done little pots of uh, milkweed, but I've never actually put it into the ground until this year, and uh, I cleared out a spot, and that is what I'm going to do. I'll also do some nice. little planters full, too, because I like that, and I can put them in different parts of the garden for the for the monarchs. We, we get quite a few, actually, uh, wow. in our garden, which is lovely, yes. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I, I, my head didn't get there. That they're not going to be attracted to the seeds, Kelly. We need the milkweed to mm. appear first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it will exactly. come up next spring. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. I, I, Sue, so I just mm -hmm. can't get over the busy time. Um, one other thing. Is this for you, yeah. the amount of time you're spending in the garden, and I don't mean in the summertime when the audiobook is on and you're falling asleep there, smelling everything, yes. and it's beautiful and you can relax. Absolutely. Is this yeah. that's rest busier <laughs> than the spring when it comes to the time or those other moments in the year where you have to spend seven hours or so out there? Uh, I, I would say the fall is probably the busiest, yes. The, the spring can be busy because you're doing a tremendous amount of planting. Well, first, we've got to clean up all the things once the little larvae have woken up and, uh, and, and flown away or crawled away or wherever they're going uh, to do their work. Um, then uh, I can clear up the garden. But that really only takes about a day and a half. This is different because... You, you still have live plants, you still have um, uh, mm -hmm. things to harvest, and you have things that you must plant at certain times. I've been putting in, you know, bulbs, my seeds for the nasturtiums, and there is um, a time at which if you if you it passes that time uh, and it's either too dry or too wet or too cold, uh, then it's it's not going to work. And usually I get yes. some things in near the beginning of October, but as I said, last week was very hot. And wow. you did not want to put the bulbs in because they would not do well in that heat. So I'm no. doing ketchup right now, putting the, the bulbs in and, and so on. So, yeah, well, it's... Uh, yeah. Sounds like semesters um, at school, all these tests and all this work and all this stuff, That's but in a wonderful environment. Sue, thanks. But it's fun. Bye. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Sue Kearney, she joins us every Friday for gardening right here on the program. Always love it. Always learn so much. In a moment on the show, Android 14 is now available uh, to be downloaded on Pixel devices. John Beeler, he'll be here to go over the accessibility changes on our app update next. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment.
all the links and information shared on today's show, visit ami.ca slash kellyco for the full Kelly and Rumya blog. You'll find topics from our community reporters, contributors, and links to the Kelly and Rumya podcast. That's ami.ca slash kellyco. Catch the Pulse this Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Now, this week on the program, Joita speaks to author and professor Ashley Shu, discussing her new book, Against Technobilism, Rethinking Who Needs Improvement, which explores the relationship between disability identity, technology, and insidious ableism. That's the Pulse this Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, and Sunday p.m. at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on AMI-audio. <laughs> Available also on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Kelly McDonald with Ramya Muthan. That was a lot of time zones and times. Good job. Are you confused? Are you dizzy? I mean, I was just making sure you were going through it all and, you know, fact-checking and, yeah. Yeah, I know. You caught all of those to correct, like in case it's a test later. Yeah, 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 because I'm so good, right? So. Yeah, I've got these like that. You didn't, you had the (laughs) The more time zone transfers. That. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where you question yourself as you're saying, saying, is this right? It's the same copy. I can barely, barely remember the time zones on our team. (laughs) (laughs) Nine time plus two minus four. Okay. Anyway. Carry the seven (laughs) equals grant. Exactly. Let's get to something that we look forward to on Fridays, which is our app update with John Beeler. Hi, I'm John Beeler, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya, where I share the latest app, mobile and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut. John, we kindly ask that you bring back this topic because we didn't get to it last time. We teased it for everybody, and shame on us for doing that. But Android uh, 14 is now available to download on Pixel devices, and you wanted to talk about the accessibility updates that uh, came across your radar. Yeah, this this update is more of a uh, what they're classifying as a, a customization deep dive. Uh, you have a lot more functionality now to do things uh, on a per app basis, but also on things like your lock screen. So now you have the ability to have some lock screen templates. Uh, you can add clocks and shortcuts for different apps directly to your lock screen. And uh, you can switch between wallpapers and things like that much easier as well. Um, they've also baked all the AI things we keep talking about into uh, Android 14. Oh, really? So you can actually have it uh, give it text prompts and it'll create wallpaper on the fly for you. It's kind of silly, but kind of neat at the same time. <laughs> Is it just the wallpaper you're talking about with AI integration or other things also? There's lots of other things oh, as well. Pretty much anytime there's a, a place for an input field uh, or uh, some kind of theming option, mm. there's a good chance AI is uh, going to yeah. be an option. For you there. There's always an opportunity for AI. It could be anywhere. That's right. <laughs> I just wanted to write my emails for me without having to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Check my emails, respond what you think I would have responded, and et cetera. And send them while I'm asleep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do it also. I have less to do when I get up in the morning. Independent (laughs) AI. The thing is, those AI things probably know us better than ourselves because they're reading all our emails. Oh, yeah. Yes. Trust me, why am I spending half an hour trying to figure out what I want to type when it already knows based on past experience, right? Yeah. Knows me better than I know myself. Okay, cool. And gathering. 
gathering all the information on the subject too. Yeah. You're using it to create yeah. whatever original document. Somebody email you and say, hey, bye. Well, by the way, what are your findings on? Well, I'll take care of that for you, Kelly, because you don't know what you're doing. Go sit down and eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're <laughs> doing anyways. What else, John, with this um, yeah. accessibility? So um, they've added um, nonlinear font scaling, uh, which allows you to to basically zoom your text in certain sections, but not the entire document or app. Oh. That type of thing. Um, and there's a, a quick setting tile for font sizing as well. So this just makes it much easier for you to have that really granular control on a very specific app or um, area of Android uh, that you didn't have before. They've improved the magnification options and made it more intuitive. The things like pinch to zoom functions, which you can actually enable for only specific apps. Again, that customization level at the app level is really cool because some apps obviously aren't going to be uh, needed to, to have some of these customizations. So you're able to set these settings uh, on a per app basis and it sort of is supposed to at least remember those settings for you on those applications. So I think mm. as you navigate your phone and go through all your different uh, apps and things like that, you can have the ability to have a much better experience based on the needs of that specific app. Wow. What that can do for people when your eyes are so specific, especially involving your backgrounds and the layout and just the way it is and how can you, how, how amazingly customizable. Anything else, John? Yeah, there's some uh, hearing accessibility updates as well. Oh. Um, added hearing aid improvements and introduced flash notifications that can light up your device's screen or the camera LED to alert you uh, for something, uh, you know, depending on what you've set it to do. Presumably, it'd be some type of notification, but it's nice that regardless of which way your phone is, you can actually have an option for notifications that way uh, that are visual and audio as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yesterday we were talking about the iOS um sound what did you call it sound curtain uh, you know oh, with yeah. braille displays yeah. and uh, just more access for deaf blind users and things like that there's a lot more awareness going on and integration into just mainstream tech so i'm really happy to hear that well my hope is that we've stopped having all these fluffy useless uh add-ons to some of these operating systems yes and oh, gosh, fixing yeah. and making these things better like accessibility yeah for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think that realization, John, that there are so many people out there that use stuff, even if they barely have an eye issue or whatever. And combinations where of they stuff. work and the lighting that makes them say, "Oh, I'm going to enlarge in this," or whatever it might be. So there's just it's just so yeah. Uh, do you want to move on, sir, to Firefox tests a built-in checker for fake reviews? Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, yeah. They've got an experimental feature that will actually vet the quality of the reviews on uh, the sites that you go to where you can buy something and there's reviews in it. The predominant one being Amazon. And Amazon has been accused of and has been forced to take action on literally tens of thousands of fake reviews that these uh, sellers and resellers have been posting uh, to help bolster their sales. Um, but they're really just either bots or they're just uh, dedicated uh, vendors trying to make their products look better. Um, so this basically gives you the ability to, um, uh, you can basically weed out and and it'll, it'll identify what it deems to be a fake review and uh it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because this is still an experimental feature so that means they're still mm -hmm. working on it and they could miss flag things uh yeah. and what are they flagging based on 
And it, like, yeah, I was just going to say, do you look for where it came from and say, no, that's a bot, which I guess would probably be the most straightforward, locations, yeah. easy one. Yeah. Um, it's actually based on a technology uh, from a company they, that Firefox acquired earlier this year called FakeSpot. And um, it uses a sophisticated AI intelligence machine learning system to detect patterns and similarities between reviews in order to flag those oh. that are more deceptive. So the interesting thing is this isn't just looking at one site. This is looking across no. the entire internet. So, uh, and most people are lazy. Uh, and if they're doing fake reviews, they're just going to be copying and pasting those things. Okay. So these patterns are very easy to identify. Uh, maybe not um, within a specific site, but across right. other sites, they can see, well, a similar product has the exact same review in the same wording and the same cadence, that kind of thing. Oh, good. Uh, so uh, this seems like a pretty cool add-on to try out in Firefox. And it allows you to cover so many places that humans just can't cover all at once. Sure, we might be able to pick up a pattern and say, hey, the only thing different with this review from this review is the product name. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and this particular technology is already available for other platforms um, because as, a, as an extension uh, for Chrome, Safari, iOS, and Android. But the fact that it's baked into Firefox is really kind mm -hmm. of interesting. Yep. And is it going to flag and just let people know oh, this is a fake review or is it going to remove it from your feed altogether? Like how do you, what's the practicality? I, I think it's going to flag them because I think it wants you to sort of see what the yep. bad things are yep. what, what that looks like see for yourself yeah because otherwise like I, I imagine there'd be some listings you're going to come across that are going to have nothing if it's just deleting them because <laughs> Can you well, and it also teaches us right it teaches us yeah. to say hey man that's the same kind of insulting review i saw last week on yeah. humidifiers yeah and also um follow-up question is it just for products or are we talking like locations and restaurants and uh tourist spots and things like that also that's a great question. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, mm. but I would imagine it applies to any type of uh, user submitted review system uh, yeah. that are used on pretty much many websites like the ones you just mentioned, as well as all the shopping sites as yeah. well. So I think yeah. any Especially... user submitted stuff has the ability to do that. But it also depends on, I think, how the review is posted, because mm -hmm. I think some places like it might post a review as more of like a testimonial and that might not be in the same context as a review review. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially hosted, you know, if a hotel's talking about how great their place is, they're not going to put their website. Bad. They're going to put it like, Hey, we only want well, the only, the negative ones. We want to get rid of those, especially if they're fake, mm -hmm. but you know, so I, I get yeah. that we're, we're going to expect certain things. The comparison awesome. of platforms are always, it's interesting to me to do like with Google reviews versus Uber Eats versus, you know, their mm -hmm. website testimonials. Right. So uh, if something like this could just clean all that up for me, that'd be fantastic. Let's talk about Google. Um, I was talking about this the other day. and I'm so curious how far we've gone with this. Google will now make pass keys their default for personal accounts. So remind us what passkeys are, because this is a bigger phenomenon these days. Yeah, so this is something that uh, pretty much all the major um, technology sites and providers like Google, Apple, Microsoft, et cetera, they're all sort of leaning towards um, switching everybody to passkeys. And passkeys are better and safer and more secure than um, passwords because, A, with a passkey, you're basically using a unique um, code for each 
uh, site or login. Uh, whereas you can reuse passwords across multiple sites, which is how you have these, you know, people will get your Disney Plus account login and they can use that to get into your bank because you're using the same password everywhere. So the idea is that pass keys are unique to that site and they are only activated by using uh, uh, some kind of biometric pin or um, uh, your, your device, your local device, like your phone, you can use that as an authentication authentication method. So whether it's um, you know a fingerprint scan, uh, face ID, or uh, or just a pin on your phone, your phone essentially has to be in the same room as you uh, because you're going to get a notification. Uh, you might have to use some form of uh, authenticating app mm -hmm. like uh, Microsoft or Google's authenticator apps. Um, but essentially, once you do this, it's a much more secure way of logging in. And um, and now Google wants to sort of stop people from using passwords and um, passwords are really easy to recycle and reuse and um, people get hacked all the day all the time because of that and so your email is also a very um, uh, important attack vector for getting hacked because if they can get your email then they can go and reset all your passwords. oh yeah and, uh, easy mm -hmm. so um, mm -hmm. and actually i think this is a great move by google uh the the problem is is that google is sometimes inconsistent with how exactly. they roll these things out and you know if you have a gmail account that's fine but what if you have a google workspaces account right uh, with like business account or a custom domain account that manages your either your business or your your personal contact information like i do and it's not available for those things yet so it's just kind of like well it should be all or nothing but i understand that just sort of rolling this out but the fact that this is now the default login method for anybody using uh, Gmail basically is going to be really interesting. Now you do have the ability to sort of turn this off or you know um, skip it if you want. Um, but the why would you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is way more secure. You don't have to remember a password. You just have to remember you use your face in front mm. of your phone. So. Oh, this is this is like terrifying stuff. You know, to have, for example, has shared. Uh, p passwords with people or have documents lying around with your passwords all over the place. Like, there's just so many ways that things could go wrong and uh, you end up having your yeah. stuff compromised, even by people you know, let alone hackers. But, um, John, do you know if Apple has... Like, are we close to doing the same thing? I know we've talked about it. Or is the two-factor authentication that Apple does almost the same thing? It's not the same thing as the passkey, but it's pretty close because for the most part, you 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 do have the ability to use the 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 biometric yeah. methods. Um, so are we a so step away from passkeys then? Yeah. Well, it, it's let's just say it's uh, um, adjacent to passkeys. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I, I think I, I the problem is that some companies call them different things. So, right. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Pass keys and, and they the, behave that bit of a difference, but they're the same in that theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the industry standard term is a pass key uh, because you're not using a password, you're using some other mechanism, uh, usually some kind of uh, biometrics uh, as your um, as your yeah. password. The, the kind of um, dent in this or, you know, uh, what do you say, cop out is that we're still using pass codes as a backup to our biometrics, right? So if somebody has access to your passcode for your phone, then they get in and then, you know, you don't necessarily have to have your biometrics to get in for that yeah, double. Yeah, a lot of these things, at least right now, because this is considered to be a transition phase, mm -hmm. they will have an alternate method exactly. of Exactly. They, they can't completely block you from getting in. Mm -hmm. And no. generally that 
pass code or uh, they'll text you or they will call you and tell you a code. Yep. Um, right. Those are easily spoofed and intercepted. Exactly. Yep. Okay, John. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. John Beeler, uh, he joins us on Fridays for our app update, so he'll be back next time around. And when we return to the program, Alaska Airlines has created a coffee that it says it tastes better in the sky. Sky's the limit. How's it possible, folks? Bill Shackleton explains on The Buzz. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Missed part of the show? Subscribe to the Kelly and Ramya podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or your go-to podcast player. Download your favorite interviews or listen to the full episode complete with bonus content. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. Glad you're hanging out with us wherever you are. Appreciate your time. If you get a moment, subscribe to the podcast. And while you're in there, give us a rating and review. Just check out the Kelly and Romeo podcast via your favorite podcast platform. We've had some wonderful reviews lately, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. You're very, very kind. Ramya is at the studio in Toronto on main campus, uh, here at the Home Studio London, Ontario. We welcome in, as we do Wednesday through Friday, Bill Shackleton at this time. We call the segment The Buzz. Billy, let's get winging away. Where are we starting? We're going to do this one for you coffee lovers out there. Yay. Alaska Air... Hey, hey, ask Alaska Airlines has created a coffee that it says tastes better in the air now okay yeah now before we start this one i am putting a disclaimer on this article because i don't drink coffee on airlines you probably know why or what Then you gotta get out of your seat i have that rule too yeah true yeah Yeah. Yeah. we gotta always think ahead billy true true true. you bet yeah so first first i gotta say that First, they got to tell us that it's safe to drink this coffee on air, uh, yeah, in is. the air, and then we'll think about experimenting. Who cares about the taste yeah. at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? Apparently, when it comes to coffee and when it comes to airborne or airlines, when you're in the air, food and coffee taste different, or drinks taste different, mm-hmm. because it lowers your blood pressure and it inhibits um, your ability to smell. So basically what they have done is they've created a coffee with Portland, Oregon paste based stump town. They have taken a sort of a medium blend and they have infused it with marshmallows, burnt toffee, Mm. um, and a taste and citrus. And apparently it is immune from all these changes that affect, um, your taste and smell when you're in the air. Don't know about that Gosh. one, but apparently Well, it the does. burnt would really, you'd notice that, yeah, but I'd rather maybe. burnt marshmallow. Hey, eh, Bill? <laughs> burnt oh, yeah, marshmallows. That oh, good. gosh. Even in a coffee. Um, is it doing well? Is Like, how does it taste on land, like on the ground? Well, they've done blind tests, and they say it's good. They've, they've had company, um, you know, the company, Alaska Airlines has tested it. They have had blind tests in the air and they're going to be rolling this coffee out in December and 
they're going to be serving it on Alaska Airlines and Horizon, which is, I guess, is their flagship carrier. Um, the, and the thing, what's interesting is that they are going to be discontinuing their relationship with Starbucks, mm -hmm. which is kind of, I don't know what Starbucks thinks about that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that's a gamble, though. Yeah, they've been working on this for a year and they've had like blind taste yeah. testers yeah. and oh, yeah. surveys and all this. Like, I yes. would have loved to take part. They've paired it with the um, creamers. What do they cr yeah. call it? Creamers and Biscoff cookies? Biscoff cookies, whatever they like, are. This is an elaborate, elaborate project that I wish I had taken uh, part in. I think that's that's would really nice. Biscotti cookies, is that what those are? Yeah, biscotti. Yeah, biscotti. I, I guess yeah. they are. I don't know like what the they lotus biscoffs. Yeah, they're well, good. Well, and I, I think what you wonder too is, you know, not just the in the air thing on the ground, but what other foods. I always find it interesting. How does food affect or another beverage or something? If you have something sweet, you have something sour. It's extra sour. But with coffee, because of the potency, a lot of time in coffee taste, does it affect? You know, if you have a biscotti, an orange biscotti. Yeah, or yeah. So you whatever. have to test the combinations of things, yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see because in my in my mind, there are certain beverages that no matter what you're eating, it's not going to affect it. And yet other no. things are very susceptible to that. Yeah, I know biscotti and coffee, it really changes the taste. If you have a bite of that and then you taste the biscotti and and. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Really interesting. I didn't know though that it was the blood oxygen levels yeah. that yeah. get altered that then affect yeah, our right. sense of smell and taste and all that. Smell. That's super well, yeah, as interesting. As, your smell, as soon as your smell's affected, mm -hmm. it affects your taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right? like all this time when we get promos of you know gourmet plain food, take this. Uh, airline because they know what they're doing with food have they considered all this stuff or have we just mm. been trolled i wonder if the blind taste tests were in the air they had to be no they would have, have to go to flying been... you, you would have think to. so yeah, right? yeah so they, they paid for your yeah. ticket that's what i'm saying yeah. we've been missing out oh listen listen they paid for a ticket no they put it in the air in circle <laughs> come on yeah here Here's your ticket, all right, to go round and round. Roll Joe Clark round and Anyways, round, I know. I wonder wow. if they mention any of that other coffee stuff in the fine print. All right, Billy, what I else? Don't, I, don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you're going to learn about lazy people. Montenegrins by... I resemble that remark. I know. <laughs> it might be me. I, don't, I hope it isn't me, but it might be. These Montenegrins are li lying down... Um, they're vying for the laziest citizen. Um, so basically, they are. Um, they're, they're, this got started 10, 12 years ago. And they, in this holiday resort village of Bresnia in Montenegro, they have a reputation for being lazy. So this is sort of a tongue in cheek, um, <laughs> you know, sort of way of. Hey, we're. I guess we are really lazy. It's a way to embrace it. Yeah, I guess that is. <laughs> so they are. Um, you know, the previous record I believe was a hundred hundred and seventeen hours. Um. So now, they are, the seven contenders that are left out of twenty one have been lying down for 463 oh hours. Oh, my gosh. I mean, wouldn't you get bare, like, what they call the bed sore? How bed could you sores, sore, yeah, stiff. I don't know. 
Oh, yeah. I wonder what the heck. And I wonder if you can bring in whatever you're most comfortable to lay in. Like, because everybody has their own thing that some people prefer a floor, some people prefer a hammock. You know, I wonder, uh, you know, what you what what those what the rules are for you laying know, I'm around. Gonna get into the, I'm going to get into the rules. Okay. Well, that's Rummy will Rummy will drink coffee. Test that out with yeah. biscotti. You'll sleep and lay around. Okay, rules. <laughs> well, I'll drink beer and something or other. But... <laughs> Just getting the Friday vibes going. Okay, go. What oh, are yeah. the rules? Rules are standing and sitting gets you disqualified. <laughs> They're allowed ten minutes every eight hours to go to the toilet. Um, every eight hours. Yeah, every ten minutes wow. every eight hours to go to the toilet. And but they are allowed to use cell phones, iPads, and read books. So I guess it isn't all bad. Four hundred hours. Yeah, that's right. laying around, doing all that every eight, eight hours, hours. You can hit the bathroom for ten yeah. minutes. This seems what are really you unhealthy. What are you drinking? This oh my gosh! So yeah. unhealthy. I'm scared. First of all, eating and drinking, laying down. Number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's bad. Going a period of time without using the bathroom. Eight hours. Laying. Period. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! I really want to know what people I mean, are but using. Hey, at the end of the day, you have your laptops and your phones. <laughs> so yeah. You what do you can... get after? What are you in? Eight Bill, for hours doing? I don't Netflix. Know. I don't. I don't know. Well, There's your lazy crown. Out. Oh my god! We don't Here's even your... know what we're winning for this craziness. Oh. No, we don't know. Here's the uh, new okay. bed since you just wrecked no, the I'm one out. you had laying around on it. Uh, and here's your crown of thorns so you'll never want to lay down again while you wear this. Oh, my goodness. Billy, let's squeeze one more. Well, we can do one about a toddler. All right. A toddler missing for hours found asleep in the woods in Michigan using her dog as a pillow. Practicing for this contest. Yeah, yep. yeah, but right. It, well, at least it's a pillow for, you know, be nice. Well, she it, fell asleep. Was, the, coffee, so the coffee ran out. She fell asleep. Uh, this sounds adorable, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah. does. So at first. Yeah, well, her uncle, this toddler was playing outside. Her uncle told her to go in and put some shoes on. So they thought she had gone into the house, but of course she didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so she apparently walked out with the two dogs. Mm -hmm. Um a Springer named Hartley and a rock liger named Buddy. This oh. so after 7 p.m. They, they did the search and the police were called and they found her in the woods right after midnight with her head on the English Springer. So Thank you God. know, all was well. Using a so dog adorable. as a pillow. I think I've done that before. You've uh, really? used your dog as a pillow? Yeah, I think I have. I tried to do it last night. My dog oh, was sleeping on my couch. Uh, he wouldn't let me get on, so I thought, all right, no, I'll just lay on you, and then great. he left. So I'm no. just going to say, and then an hour later, if it was a TV show, the scene would switch to the dog laying on top of you, like just yeah, laying like, there. No, he's ah, not a fan. Stretched out, yawning. He's not mm -hmm. a fan, but he's get a huge dog. Me. Like, we wish, but no, he won't. He won't cuddle. Uh, but this is so adorable. It. The two-year-old was just yeah. comfy and cozy. Well, and dogs are warm. Like, think about yeah, how cold it was out there they after are... sunset. Yeah, it's, it didn't, you know. Yeah, it was pretty scary in the woods. It would have been fairly cold. Oh, yeah, cold and dark and and quiet, like silent and scary. And, yes. You know, sort of oh, thing. what what good thing. And, and where was the Rottweiler, I wonder? I wonder if he was guarding. He went to go, yeah, yeah he was guarding. find people. Or did yeah. he go, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, maybe, I, I wasn't sure at first if he had went, hey, unk, 
You should see this nonsense in the woods. Let's go. <laughs> We've had our fun. Um, Come take us home. <laughs> this is really sweet, though, because I can imagine what a scary story at first, like wondering, you hear enough of kids being lost and stuff that don't end well. And this is just so, what a picture to stroll through into the clearing, look down, and there she is. Yeah, and two-year-old, too. Like, this is a yeah. tiny yeah. little toddler. He yeah, probably does boy. it at the house, cuddles up with the dogs, and they're so good to her. And like you say, and it, that, that is scary, like in woods and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, Billy, settle back today. Enjoy some coffee. See if you can sign up to any blind taste uh, coffee or food find testing us. or, in your or in your case, alcohol. Yeah, and find yeah. out if the uh, ticket is paid for, if you're going to go try the coffee up in the sky. if you're going to do more than circling in the sky. <laughs> Sky's the limit, as I said before, Billy. No, we have to it. test, like, the full effects. I need a proper airline ticket, a round trip. <laughs> I want to know that I'm going somewhere because the coffee will taste that much better or that much worse <laughs> if I'm not. It's not just about altitude. It's also about direction yeah. and velocity. So. We'll talk to you next week. Shaq, Bill Shackleton joins us Wednesday through Friday from his, quote, home studio, Place, unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Hole in the ground or something like that. <laughs> Billy, reach up there. Grab some coffee. You're not far from it. Uh, we'll do this again with him as he joins us Wednesday through Friday on the program. Coming up in the next hour of our show, let's get to conversation recaps and comment on segments from the past week on Cut for Time. And on the chatty bookshelf today, Ryan Huey tells us how you can listen to audiobooks using any Android operating smartwatch without being tethered to your phone. Up next, however, who's going to claim old Stanley at the end of the NHL season? Brock Richardson. He'll give us his prediction when we return for hour two after this break. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. If you missed any of our show, check out one of our repeats. You can catch Kelly and Ramya again at 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern. Here you are. Here we are, folks, back for another hour on the program, wherever you're listening in around the world. Thank you very much. Watching us on AMI-tv. In Canada, of course, the same thing for you. Appreciate you being with us as we swing open the gateway to your weekend. Halfway open, Ramya Muthan in Toronto. Kelly McDonald here in London, Ontario. And it's time to end our week with the latest sports updates. Brock Richardson, he brings us some headlines. Let's do it. Let's bring him on in and see what's going on. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus Parasport news and analysis. Glad to have you back with us, Brock. Appreciated you being with us on the roundtable uh, yesterday. Uh, what's your leadoff item today? So I want to take you back a little bit uh, into this week, and uh, I want to tell you that General Manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ross Adkins, spoke to the media uh, a week ago tomorrow, and the, the, the general manager said uh, that John Snyder, the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, made the decision to remove Jose Barrios from from the game himself. As we talked about last week, I was pretty hard on the fact that, you know, that happened. You, uh, Kelly, you as well. And he also said that he was not aware of it until the time that it happened. Then we fast forward to yesterday when president of the Toronto Blue Jays, 
Mark Shapiro spoke, and he was preaching stability, continuity, and transparency, and also admitted to the fact that he knew of the plan to take Jose Barrios out of the game, but didn't know when it was going to happen. Now, I have to tell you this, from the vibes that I got from Mark Shapiro, it feels to me like he understood there was some level of disconnect, not so much with the fans. He didn't seem to really care about the disconnect there. What he cared about was there was some disconnect between management and players. And so for me, once this second level of renovations are finished at the Rogers Center, as we've seen over the last couple of years, I do think he's going to be more involved because I think he recognizes that there was a bit of a misstep here in the mixed messagings between Ross and himself. And he also dispelled any idea that some of these relationships were damaged because he said, I've been in meetings with Ross and John and they're fine. They're okay. Everyone will return next year. All of this has kind of left us all with, why didn't you speak first then, Mark, before letting Ross speak and say, well, I wasn't aware of the decision. And then the guy above Ross Atkins says, I knew about it. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. So a lot of confusing stuff Mm -hmm. happened here. And I think the truth is we need moving forward, at least within the organization, some clarity as to who's doing what, when, and why. Yeah. Um, In my opinion, what it seems to me is there was the plan to take him out based on the analytics and what we hear. We know these things are not made just by one person, i.e. Schneider or Don Mattingly standing beside him. However, their experience plays in. Eye test also has something to do. Guy's pitching amazing. What are we taking him out for? Tells me in my mind, there was a belief by manager and and uh, that at some point we're taking him out. It is almost like he's only going to be pitching 45, 47 pitches out. He has to come at that point. Well, this looks like the moment based on the analytics and that, that, that I would be taking him out. It is that time. It is too ridiculous to believe otherwise. The rest of the season, we see a, a pitcher come out. We can all be guilty, Brock, of saying, they left him in too long. Well, yeah, sure. You can tell that after they score four runs. Okay, so it's easy to come out with those things or to say, oh, his history against Brock is no good. I wouldn't leave. Oh, Brock, he just go. Okay, I get that. But this was so ridiculously, you're coming out. It wouldn't have mattered if we, like, it was, oh, look, it's 213. You're coming out. And yeah, right. I, I, it's too ridiculous. So do I believe some of the folks knew? I believe I believe totally there was the message to Snyder, whether he interpreted it right or wrong, that at a certain point you're bringing him in. This is the point it's going to be because there was something in there. I don't think it was a Don Mattingly and him. Hey, we forgot how to be managers right now. Ah, bring him in or yeah, call in the clowns or something like that. I, I don't know. It's such a ridiculous, blatant, sad move. If he was pitching wobbly for the innings ahead, all those, uh, okay, I could see that, yeah, I'm not sure he's going, this is probably a better chance Kikuchi's got. I, I could see that this guy was locked down, 100% locked down. Why would you, unless he injured himself, take him out? The other thing here that really spoke to me was that Mark really, really pointed it out and said, we need to have some situation where John 
knows that John is the manager. We need we we need to do this. We need to say that we believe in John as a person. We believe right in Ross as a person. This yep. this led me to believe, well, wait a second, then did you not believe in that in the moment? And this happened no. two years in a row and where it's like, yep. what's going on here? And it could and, be John's interpretation, Brock, too, that being a this yeah. is his first go in the major leagues. Maybe he feels I, I got to check with Mattingly. He's over my shoulder. I got to see what Ross says to do or what. And yeah. you got all these players nattering at you, including incidences caught on Apple TV where you're being screamed at by your third baseman. So who right. knows? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Brock, you want to talk NHL with us? The season's underway. You're going to talk about that in a second. But first, tell us about this puzzling um, statement that they made. Yeah, so this is a weird one. I told you guys a part of the way through last year that you know, they were going to remove these cause-based jerseys, that they were not going to do this, they were not going to wear this because people were getting a little bit bent out of shape over them. So they said, we're not going to do this. Then this year, before the season started, they released a statement that said, you can wear what you want, you can do what you want, as long as it aligns with what we have in our in our documents that say whether you can or, or, or cannot do that. And and it aligns with your team also giving their standards and code of conduct and et cetera. Then in that same statement, they said, however, you're not allowed to have any other tape than black or white on your oh, stick. God. So we've gone from, wait a minute. You're Why don't they to just do start this. giving us uniforms then? <laughs> right? Like this is like, to me, this is where the NHL needs to look at this and say, what are we doing? Because we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. We're saying you can do what you want when you want, but oh wait, we're gonna put this caveat in here saying you can't have cause-based tape. You can't like what's that? And, and I, when I say cause-based, that also includes like October's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Most of the guys where you know use pink tape. They're not allowed to do that anymore. But yet we can do what we want, huh? What 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 are we talking about here? Can yeah. we do what we do want? Do as long as it's in to black sound and white. so strange. Yeah. Like, I don't right think is. this... Uh, I think it started somewhere pretty controversial, but now it's just leaning into one side of the spectrum. That doesn't make any sense to me because we're talking, like, players, jerseys, different teams, different colors, and now they're kind of putting um, stringent policies on all of this? I don't even think that that's necessary. <laughs> yeah. I, I. To me, it's like... Okay, which one is this? And it's literally in the same statement. It's not like it's it's two separate Yeah, it's statements. all with it, this angle, right? Yeah, it's all with the angle of do what you want, whatever you want, as However, long as it's within your team and our league guidelines. <laughs> However, right. you cannot use any other tape other than black, black and white. white. But pick any color what? you want. Started, uh, it started with the colors and the tape and then where is it going to go? Yep, yeah, they change right, it like around. It's... Be free to do what you want, long as it's in black and white. So, uh, I, I mean, if it was injury related, I could understand. If someone could get hurt, if mm, it was a safety issue. No, this is this is like uniform this stuff. This is just but, arbitrary nonsense. Yeah. Do you guys think that the NHL is just going too hard, trying too hard because of all the other things that are happening? Uh, all the other um, stuff they had to face in the last couple of years. Yeah, the I NHL think, uh, goes they try to really... stay safe for all the mm -hmm. old people that like the sport and all the um <clears throat> closed-mindedness that's out there but they want to seem as progressive as the nba and they're not even going to be close well and their their commissioner 
is a little bit close-minded as well moving on Okay. <laughs> you know, but... Well, but really, though, like the organization has been hard under the microscope lately, right? So yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I said, be. moving on in jest, Period. but it, yeah. he's he's just <laughs> yeah. close-minded, and he just you know, it's it's you're almost clueless as to what you're saying in a statement because you're talking one way and then you're saying another in in the other, and everyone looks and goes, "Huh? What? Yeah. Like this yeah. is." This is confusing to me. So For the people yeah. that read the first two lines of the release, now for the people who read the whole thing and see everything, uh, give us your quick thoughts on the NHL. Who do you have as the best in the Canadian markets? And what is your prediction for the for the Stanley Cup final? Uh, best Canadian markets is going to be Toronto in the east and Edmonton in the west. My Stanley Cup final is Edmonton and Colorado, and I believe Colorado takes it home this year. That's... Uh, pretty much as simple as I can put it for you guys. Okay, MLB playoffs, quick thoughts? Uh, yeah, so we have uh, the MLB playoffs, and we've got the Houston Astros versus the Texas Rangers and the Philadelphia Phillies versus the Diamondbacks. Listen, the Philadelphia Phillies have their top three players of uh, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and those are the guys that are making the most of your money, and they're producing as well. So... You need your top three guys in your in your in your lineup. Kyle Schwarber is your leadoff guy as well in that case. And these three guys are demanding seven hundred million dollars uh, over a long term period. And these guys are performing with an over one thousand on base percentage, and that's really really good. In the playoffs, you need your biggest pay, pay, paid players to perform, and that's exactly what the Philadelphia Phillies are getting. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. Sort of the same thing the Texas Rangers were getting. Sorry, before yeah. we let you go, I want to know about the 2026 um, Olympic Games added to LA lineup. Yes. Uh, the Olympic Games are going to have the following sports. Softball, cricket, squash, flag football, and lacrosse. To me, cricket is the, the one that you go, yeah, well, obviously that's an international a sport. Mm -hmm. I agree with this. The other three, I'm kind of just like, whatever. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Is pickleball going to be added sometime soon? Well, I, I would think so. <laughs> I would, Squash I, being added. You know, it's one and the same, but kind of it, a cool note cool on the... It's kind of when they do this, right? Like when you see this because you just have things as trial, and then let's add them and see how they go down. Yeah, I mean, and again, yeah. there's nothing wrong with trying it. Something kind of cool on the parasports side of things is they're also looking at developing softball in the parasport side of things so that's something to keep an eye out as well moving forward but those sports that i gave you uh softball cricket squash flag football and lacrosse are guaranteed to be in the 2026 games in los angeles the interesting thing with flag uh, football and squash is it's almost like a safer way of of doing them of having them there and being more inclusive wouldn't you say yeah and because you're going to get the people about football that are going to say, well, if you had the the conventional football, you're going to get those naysayers who say football is dangerous, football is oh, dangerous. Yeah. So instead, you're looking at this and saying, well, this is flag football. And so you might get more buy-in in that regard. And there are people that are sports fans, non-sports fans, everything in between that watch the Olympic and Paralympic Games. So to me, this is the right decision by putting flag football as opposed to saying let's just put regular football because it's a dangerous dangerous game to play with people who are you know a little bit pessimistic on on mm. on uh football in general yep 
Thanks, Brock. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Mr. Richardson, he joins us for our sports discussion on Fridays on the show as he hits us with the latest sports on Fridays here on the show. Coming up next on the Chatty Bookshelf today, Ryan Huey tells us how you can listen to audiobooks using any Android-operated watch without being tethered to your phone. Stay tuned. He's got it for us. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. My new streaming service is there and ready for you, folks. This is AMI Plus is officially launched. The new platform features a slick, modern look and puts AMI original, award-winning content right at the forefront. AMI is fully compatible with uh, assistive technology, including screen readers, magnifiers, and Windows, Apple, uh, of course, Apple, Android platforms all included here. And, of course, the devices. Check it out, folks. Visit amiplus.ca today and really settle on in and enjoy the experience, folks. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Let's get into the Chatty Bookshelf. This is when we talk audiobooks because we want to send you into the weekend with some recommendations. Ryan Huey has those. Who knew an entire library could fit inside your pocket? I'm Ryan Huey. This is the Chatty Bookshelf where we talk audiobook trends, news, and author interviews. So, Ryan, tell us, are you getting Friday the 13th vibes today? Oh, that was my question for you guys. Uh, Thanks for having me it. again. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't know that it gets any more perfect Friday the 13th in October for all of our superstitious and spooky folks out there, the lovers, the, uh, you know, for those things. I, I think that this is really cool. So for me, superstition-wise, when it comes to sports, absolutely. Everything else, you know, if I, if I spill the salt, I'm not throwing it over my shoulder. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to get that salt into my meal. That's, that's yeah, I bet you are. Don't one. waste it. But, uh, you know, sports stuff, I'm highly superstitious. You know, same batting gloves, uh, put your equipment on the same way. Don't touch the conference winning trophy because you want the big championship guy. So there's, oh. there's a bunch of different things like that that I do superstition-wise. Uh, how about as a sports watcher? Everything that you mentioned, are you talking about watching sports or just no, no, playing? playing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But how about, yeah. do you have any superstitions that come with watching sports or betting yeah, or any of that? Sometimes, uh, so playoff time, if my team's winning, I won't watch them. If they won the last game I didn't watch kind of thing, I'll, I'll take that approach. But uh, right. I mean, I don't think they really care what I'm what I'm doing kind of thing. I think that's just <laughs> yeah. me suffering it's, in it's silence. It's for your own uh, mentality. You know? I think so. Did you have any... When you played, did you have any foibles? Like things that you, did you kiss your bat or did you not cut your hair if you were having a hit streak when you were playing baseball? Uh, so baseball, we got our, uh, playing in university, we got our own bats. And if so, if a pitcher asked me to use my bat, it would be absolutely no, even if they're on my team, because the, if, when they <laughs> touch them, it sucks the hits out of them. So that's a really old school one that goes back. Mm -hmm. So I would be, I wouldn't let any pitchers touch my bat. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. So, right, you've always, like, as far as you've come on the chatty bookshelf, whenever a Friday 13th come around, you will uh, hit this topic with the spooky stories, spooky books, spooky recommendations. So is that what's happening today? 
No, I kind of switched it up. I, I thought I'd surprise you guys a bit. So this got released just this Tuesday, and I'm really, really excited about it because it is giving people the opportunity that are Android users to do something that Apple has been able to do for a while. I know for a long time that Android always, they kind of feel left out because they're they're late to the party all the time. You know, things get released on <laughs> Apple. There's yeah. the Apple Watch. And I'm specifically not an Android user, so um, I haven't got to try this, but I knew I wanted to report on it. There is a new operating system called Wear OS that has just been released with the new uh, Samsung Galaxy. I'm going to get the number wrong here. I think it's the 6 watch, and it is allowing you to listen to things, including audiobooks and podcasts, on your watch without being tethered to your phone. So you don't have to actually have your phone in your pocket. Uh, you can, you know, it has to be within a certain radius, but I, the, the number I saw online, there's no way it could be this number, but it's at a hundred meters. Like you have to be within a hundred meters of your phone. Like, I feel like that's, that's far. But what, what Audible is doing is that they've adjusted their app to let you listen to these through the speakers on the, the new Android phone. I tried this years ago with my my uh, my Apple Watch, and I, for me, I wasn't a fan. Uh, only because I was moving my arm around, I, I didn't get the same feeling as I would with with the headphones. But it worked really well. Uh, the the reviews that I'm getting back uh, from the Android watches, and this is any watch that operates Android. Mm. It's not just the the Samsung. It's the Google watches. It's uh, all anything that has an Android operating system. You can do these. And you can listen wow. to the the, the audio books, which is really cool because the the sound and the battery life is, is people are saying it's remarkable. They're saying it, yeah. it blows Apple out of the water, and, uh, well, and I, that that's I, really cool. I think you're also getting in a situation where people don't want to lose their phones. They don't want to take them out. They don't want someone to grab it off of them or whatever, or and things like that. Watches right there, so they'll take that little degradation if there is in sound, and 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 just be so happy to have that accessibility. And I'm sure inside, outside, it, it changes uh, a little bit. Um, so with it being part of the operating system, are they what? What are they calling this? So it's called this Wear method? OS W E A R operating system, and. Uh, what they're doing is uh, you have to actually download the audiobooks, which allows you not to use your data, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, if you're if you're not on Wi-Fi, but I the the memory, I don't know how many books you can fit. Like, I don't know how big an Audible audiobook is. I, I, I mm. never even thought to look. Right? I don't know if it's a couple huge, megabytes. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you can fit twenty books or two books, and that's that's what you get on your watch. But uh, the thing that I worry about as well is. You know, okay, yes, you can do this, you know, going around your house cleaning where it's relatively quiet. If you're out in the TTC, you're probably not going to mm -hmm. be able to enjoy this. Or if you're running on a treadmill or using the rowing machine and in the gym, I don't know that you'll be able to get the the, the sound that you want. Uh, no matter how great the sound is on the watch, I feel like there might be some out, outlying variables that would yeah, affect the sound. For sure. Kind of thing. But for a lot of things like gardening, or if you are a runner, maybe you have an area you run through woods or whatever, you're probably more okay. I still think you're going to have some of that disruption going by somebody with their lawnmower or whatever running, um, you know, while you've got your phone in your, in your pocket or wherever it might be. Or if you're mm -hmm. just around your backyard doing stuff, which I think they've looked at how often, and if you add it up, we were talking to Susan Kearney earlier in gardening. Sue's out there for seven hours sometimes. If she's doing stuff and, and wanted to have a book going... What a great way and not having to worry about leaning every time she leans over. Oh, my phone fell. My phone fell. Yeah.
But the thing is, like, stuff yeah. like this requires a lot of proper details when it comes to the app development and the syncing issues. With the Audible app on the um, Watch OS, so if you have an Apple Watch, I originally was very excited about this because, you know, you have your watch on, you get your AirPods in, it's a completely seamless wireless experience. You're going out, don't have to worry about um, data or any of that stuff if the books are already downloaded. But then you mm -hmm. would I interfere uh, with sync issues and... Yes. you know, random problems that would come up like, sorry, uh, you know, this book we yes. thought was downloaded, it actually isn't. So anyway, it all sounds ideal as long as it can work. Obviously, right. the wireless aspect of it is the best part, right? You have your wearable and you don't have to worry about anything else. But if you're, even with the Android version, Ryan, we're talking about Wear OS. Like, it's a complete operating system-based thing or operating system-based thing, which I think is a little iffy compared to just, you know, being able to put it all in Audible's hands, Audible give us the app on the wearable so that we can have a consistent experience. And another thing is that uh, you talk about like the syncing and stuff, well, we can go in depth into the Audible app as well. So there's been times where you started on one device and it doesn't sync to the other one. So right. it starts yep. you way back at the beginning or vice versa, it starts in a place and you hear something you don't want to hear. That's a, that's a big concern. I haven't seen anything on that. But what was really interesting to me, and I don't understand this, and you're going to have to paint a picture in your in your mind about this. They said a couple of the Google Watches, um, some of the reviews that I saw um, on uh, Goody Reader, were saying that they have headphone jacks. Now, think about that. If you have corded headphones, and I'm, I love corded headphones, but if you have corded headphones attached to your watch, can you not move your arm then? I, I don't I, I was just going to say, or if you can, how, can you're how, running how can you and you that, can get right? yourself in yeah. trouble, right? <laughs> Or get tangled up people, as you go buy something. And some people are saying, yeah, we, we like that better. And I'm like, I'm yep. all for corded headphones. But again, like, how, how do you, are you just not allowed to wash the dishes with your left hand if you're, a, if you're a lefty with the watch on? I don't know how that would work, but I'm I'm kind of almost curious. I almost wanted to see what would what what it looks at and it makes me wonder how long the cords are because it seems to work when I have my iPod in my pocket. Um, you know, mm -hmm. again, different, not not really moving as much but it's really interesting this and i i really really love that uh you know the the android users out there because i've heard several different things whether it's uh with audible or with other things that you know like oh yeah we get it three years later and or two years later so yeah definitely better than never but i i feel like this will be a, a good kind of thing to see what what so audiobook enjoyers are doing with their android devices see i love the idea of different things whether it is your plug into the watch whether it's because you know, not that many, not that long ago, you just had one choice or one thing and or two, even outside yeah. of the accessibility sphere, they were just, well, who's going to want a watch where you plug your ear, your headset? So it's so for the counterintuitive, right? Like, it why sure are you wearing is, a wearable and then having corded headphones? It, right? <laughs> so that they're not doing something I with their phone. I want those people to write in. <laughs> yeah, but they're, and for everyone that would, there's that person that says, I don't know what, what you guys are smoking. Of it's course, so it's a great idea. It's wild to think like you would have your watch on your wrist and then have cords wrapped around your watch. Well, your now you can have cords that are more durable. The water won't bother him, even if mm. he gets his wrist right in there or Ryan dives in or falls in as he's running and he steps you Yank it off and. Well, I would think see, more I about like the thing my... you catch it on. I feel like my views, though, are a little skewed because what are they at, like, watch Series 9 now for the Apple Watch? Mine is a Series 2, so it's it's definitely very much <laughs> oh outdated. Oh, my gosh. And you should have started just, with that. 
Right. Yeah. So I, I don't. I mean, when I tried it, it was it was new, and I'm sure there's been adjustments, but I I don't know. Uh, like, many. Judging by the things. But it would that, be funny the sound still, playing it out of it would yeah. bother me, right? If like I can't imagine playing a book really that that easily. It's just a compromise. You had it right. Audio yes. Yeah. Scenario. But um, I wanted to say something. Oh yeah. The other thing is it, to minimize some of the stuff. It should be a non-negotiable to have data. You know, your carrier. <laughs> on your wearable because it's still an option so. right where you can choose to yep. opt in or opt out and then there's a huge price difference but soon that's not going to be a problem anymore and then you're just going to be getting frustrated because you thought you know to kill a mockingbird was downloaded and then you turn on it's not you're <laughs> to walk all the way home sync, right? What <laughs> right. the heck? and then exactly. you're downloading it's it to off. your watch which will you know you're 5k hey, into your walk are. and you run out of audio and books you're, and you're actually right. doing yeah you're actually using the data and like, i should have just had this from the start kind of thing well you'll put your wrist up to your watch and it'll just just you know like 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 it does what do you call it rum and it just moves it over there it'll just yeah. i want this zoop, and that's just the way the stuff well, will go now when it becomes a chip in your wrist we don't have to worry about any of this stuff or under your skin Find me up mm -hmm. right ryan <laughs> when they put that chip in your <laughs> yes, head and ryan just up, tilts yeah. his head to the side and says oh that book is done that was a good one i think i'll read another one i've got a whole <sighs> three seconds that's silence well, you know what? As, long, as long as it works better than my debit card tapping wise i'm i'm okay if my i tap gosh. my head against the machine use there's your no, phone. i only have to do it once i only have to do just it once I'm use good with your that. use your phone it's why beautiful would i way. carry my phone out i got the max okay ryan thank you Oh yeah, but Have who a needs a television guy. set like that, man? Come on. Enjoy your superstitious day. See it enough. Chat Take with care you next week. Thirteenth. Enjoy. Later. Ryan, who are we on the Chatty Bookshelf, and this is every Friday that we talk audiobooks. Be polite to that guy. Say goodbye to the nice man. <laughs> Coming I? up next on the program, ladies and gentlemen. No, you told him to get lost, basically. No. I can't help it. That's the way you are with him. <laughs> a little tough on that poor guy, just because he's going to be tethered with his. Uh, Cord? Get rid of your phone. cords, guys. I don't know. Like, not even Apple. Look, it's a throwback. Apple doesn't to... have any ports anymore throwback. for cords. It's a throwback to five years ago. Relax. God. <laughs> We're uh, revisit and weigh in on conversations from the past week on Cup for Time after this break. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Take Kelly and Ramya with you on the go. You can stream AMI-audio on your desktop or mobile devices. Find us on TuneIn Radio, OOTunes, and as a preset on your Victor Reader stream. Or head to AMI.ca slash listen live for our live feed. As we guide you through the show, I always think on a Friday, we're setting you up for that weekend, not only just swinging open the gateway to the weekend, but giving you some ideas, whether it's working in your garden or settling back with an audio book. So many cool things right here on the program. And to finish it off, we want to remind you of some segments you may want to go back and check out via the podcast. Subscribe using your favorite podcast platform. Every week, we reflect on the conversations that we've uh, taken part in over the past week. We may have some items that we want to add to those, a thought that came to us at the time, but... We didn't have that time to add our viewpoints or feelings about it or start a little conversation with the others assembled. So, Ramya, she's back here. She's at the studio in Toronto. And Beth Deer joining us. And uh, she is out in Hello. Edmonton. 
Got the home studio there and joining us, quote, home studio, unquote. Beth, I'm going to step aside here, let Ramya jump in here and take us into our first discussion point. And we are consciously yeah. calling you Beth now because we've been... 100%. I made that very clear. <laughs> very. <earlier this> week. <laughs> yes. No more Bethany, okay? No more. No. Unless she's in trouble. You sound like an old lady. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when your mom calls you. Okay. All right. Uh, all the Bethany's out there, don't be offended. <laughs> don't. No. <laughs> your name is beautiful. It's fine. Yeah, we like it. Okay. No, Bethany's are great. They're a great name. We're going back to Tuesday, uh, and I'm going to start off with the nutrition conversation we had with Julia Caranches. She talked about hot cereals, so here she is telling us about some healthy options. Yeah, so oatmeal's on the list for sure. So many things that you can do with oats, you know, especially if you buy two-minute oats, you can cook them really fast in a little pot or even microwave them mm -hmm. if you don't want to be standing by, you know, your stove or a cooktop. But there are lots of other options as well. So yes, there's cream of wheat, which I heard you mentioning before. Um, there's also cream of rice, which is delicious. You can also use grains called farro millet and quinoa too um i mm. also came across brown rice listed as an option which i found really interesting because it would be such a great way to use leftover rice which i love because i love anything that promotes using using food and not wasting food so i thought the brown rice yeah. thing was really interesting Okay, so cool that here in North America, we kind of prioritize breakfast foods as their own thing. We say like, you know, oatmeal for breakfast, cereal for breakfast, hot foods, cold foods, whatever. But um, when I brought up kanji on Tuesday, that's a kind of savory version of um, what I compare to oatmeal and it's made of rice or other grains. Millet is also another option. But anyway, kanji is this savory dish that's like a halfway between a porridge and a soup, uh, the consistency, and it's meant to be eaten around breakfast. And this is quite well known in um, like Eastern Asia, South Asia, etc. Different forms of it, but very similar mm, ideas of the cuisine. But what I wanted to bring up today was the fact that breakfast itself, when I'm growing, when I was growing up, and a lot of people can attest to this in South Asia as well, breakfast itself is more of a what can you do with leftovers meal, right? So you know the way that you think about street food um, in a lot of different countries around the world, street foods are really just toss-ups of leftovers, toss-up of this, that, and the other. Oh, we can't We refrigerate. We can't warm it up. We got to do something with it within the 24 hours. So you come up with a way to make another dish out of this, and you call it street food, Sri Lankan street food, Indian street food, Chinese street food. And so um, breakfasts, like the kanji that I mentioned, is another way of doing this. You, you have leftover rice, you don't know how to preserve it. It's not really an option for many people out there in the communities. And so you make kanji. You warm it up with a bunch of milk. You add in spices and flavors and seasonings. And now you have breakfast. You need to eat it for breakfast because it can't last a whole other, you know, eight hours past that. And it becomes its own dish. So I thought that was really interesting. Same thing with um, bread, you know, like bread pudding and all these other things. We have versions of that in Sri Lanka as well. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, this phenomenon of breakfast here is very much its own category 
you set aside the time, you have these particular kinds of food for breakfast, and they are advertised and promoted as such, and you spend money on it, and it's marketed that way. But a lot of my habits, lifestyle, and just awareness of breakfast growing up in my family and in the community was very, very different. Beth, do you, are you a fan of breakfast? Do you eat breakfast? And do you have anything to say on the things that I've just said? You know what? Not a big breakfast person. Growing up, my mom, my mom has type 1 diabetes. So like she's always been like hardcore, like has to eat three meals a day. She injects insulin four times a day. So growing up, we always had breakfast. But the second I moved out, still not a big breakfast person. I just, I just can't get behind it. Like I wake up in the morning, I feel groggy. I don't really want to eat. Um, and when it comes to like porridge and stuff like that, Cody's granddad always used to make really good porridge. And that was like the only time I would ever eat porridge. And now like our daughter Henley actually really likes it. So if it's there, like I hate food going to waste. So if I make too much, I'll eat whatever she isn't eating. But other than that, that's my like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I'm done. I'm really intrigued about congee though. Like it sounds quite good. Like I, like I say, I don't like food going to waste. So I love the idea of like making sure that doesn't happen by using leftover rice for breakfast. Mm. I think that's really cool. I find it very interesting because of the different viewpoints. Can you know, in North America, many places around the world, Europe, Breakfast is that starter of the day, and and that was the way they marketed it to tell you, hey, you know, you want to have a day, you want to be all you know ready to go with it, have the energy to do so. So we'll just pour a bunch of sugar on different types of things like rice and so on, and, and go ahead and eat that puff wheat. Um, so that was the way they marketed and sold that. But other things, Remy, like you said, in the morning, the rice. Well, yeah, those are things here that won't last until dinner time. Mm -hmm. We love we promote leftovers in a totally different way. Lunch dinner, what can you repurpose this food for? But we think of it far more for lunch and dinner. When Julia said that about rice the other day, that was a bit of a brain shift for me, even though I certainly know tons of your cereal, rice crispies, yep. yeah, for example. Too. I never think about it the way of rice from yesterday or whatever. I think of leftover rice. Oh, make a bread or a rice pudding out of it or something, or just reheat it at dinner or lunch tomorrow. And even lunch is not a dinner thing. I, I find it fascinating how we are as human beings where we think. On Wednesday, folks, as we switch over to there, Corinne Van Dusen joined us for our entertainment report. And this week we spoke about Much Music's archives and programming that is being revised. Here she is telling us a little more about it. Well, I don't know if you are familiar with the old Much Music that used to play videos and interviews and such. Mm -hmm. It kind of went the way of you know MTV in the States, which plays just like reality TV now. But there is a plethora of stuff that Much Music used to play. It's going to be interviews with uh, international and Canadian musicians, as well as special events broadcasts. Um, so there's a quote from someone who says, basically, any interview with any artist you can imagine they're they're going to have because oh. they talk to everyone um so bell said when they began the project they had to decide actually what to preserve so they went through their huge list of absolutely everything uh there were interviews of course memorable programs such as media literally see talks on too much for much which was a late night show where panels would discuss videos that were considered too much to show 
Okay. So when I heard this, I <laughs> I must admit, I get thinking about, hey, what about preserving this? What about preserving that? Why can't you do it in this digital age? And of course, we remember, oh, yeah, somebody has to take this stuff and put it into the system somehow, uh, mainly have that time. You're paying someone to sit there and record the digital so it can be saved in real time. So how much are they going to invest in this? How come this wasn't done before? And of course, it's time it's putting it off and saying, well, what are we going to do with this stuff? Because that warehouse is overflowing with these old tapes of all this stuff that we've recorded. Valuable stuff, but you, I think you get it in your mind, especially when you see any show celebrate a, an anniversary, any network, any local channel, you want to see stuff from, wow, that stuff from when they signed on the air years ago. Of course, it's only one clip. It's probably the only one from that year, that decade, that whatever. And anytime you celebrate the channel, that's what you would see, that one clip. Because people couldn't keep that stuff around. Everything shot every day, shows, soap operas, whatever. There's so much of that lost. And it feels now in our digital age, as you go play on YouTube or TikTok, oh, I want to see something from... 1975, that time when stuff that, you know, I know as a kid, oh, I'll never hear this again. I'll never see that again. It's gone. And then along comes the internet. So when I hear of these projects, it's amazing. It's cool. But I think about how overwhelming that would be. And if you're not from the era, how do you make that decision? This is worth keeping. Oh, okay. It's an interview with Sting. Oh, oh yeah, we better keep that. But it's an interview with, you know, Fred Sloan. Who the heck's this Fred Sloan? He's a nobody. Oh, he was a he was he was a, a big hit for four months. That's it. So what do you do with it? Um, and of course, it's as valuable as as the Sting piece. If you, this is what you're trying to do, make this stuff available for those few people out there. But there always is so much of thinking: Is it worthwhile? Who's really going to look for this? So I love when we get into this and the determinations that have to be made. But mostly because I just like to see them doing it. I, I was a much music fan just because I was a media person and I wanted to see it get launched and so on. That was about my my running of it, you know, maybe put it on and have it in the background while I was working on something. But just to see them captifying uh, these things and trying to do something with them, Ramya, I find it definitely interesting, very cool. But as I sat back and thought about the cost, the time mm -hmm. put into doing it, it gave me a headache. Yeah, no, it would give people a headache. It is a lot more about the nostalgic purpose than anything else, right? Like, people now who didn't grow up with the much music uh, content that's being brought back, we're not going to sit around and go, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Let me go through all the archives. Unless you're a super fan of a particular band. Or you're band. looking for something and you fall yeah, yeah, yeah. over it, right? Yeah, yeah, And exactly. it's part of that research. An artist that you love or something and you want to look back to the past. But really, other than that, if it's not about the nostalgia through the technology, and if it's not about the nostalgia through the actual show and much music, then what exactly would be the pull for you to spend the amount of time needed to feel like this whole effort was worth it for the the content creators and the curators beth yeah i mean i kind of agree like i think it's a really nice idea i don't know how many people are going to be super interested in it like we live in a world now where we can get you know anything we want at any time from mm -hmm. youtube or just the internet in general very nostalgic i think there's going to be elements of it that are really cool and i think people are going to look at it and be like oh wow like this is awesome but i think it's going to wear off quite quick you know yeah yeah yep. 
So sticking with the theme of Wednesday, on Wednesday, we had a registered nurse, Leslie DePoe, join us. And she talks about mental health awareness and, you know, comparing yourself to other people. And in this clip now, she's going to talk about improving your mental health by unfollowing people on social media. And so my first question to, or my first answer really to how do we get away from this? unfollow people, unfollow anybody that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. And I know that sounds like the most obvious statement in the world, but my gosh, it's hard. You've probably collected some things that you follow along the way where, you know, it started after that New Year's, you were going to do a thousand sit-ups every day for a year, but now that person's still there. And every day you see them, you're sort of mildly annoyed by them and you say not nice things in your head, but you still follow and you still like, and you still look at it again. Um, there, there are lots of those things all over the place. It doesn't have to be just, you know, exercise there's lots of things that trigger us in that certain way and we need to we need to cut it off it's not necessary we need to start being very mindful about what it means when we are scrolling mindlessly on social medias and if when you get that pang in your stomach when you slip into the oh gosh I wish that was me oh look at them see this is why I knew I was bad at this this is why I'm not good enough for that immediately immediately unfollow 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 yeah, I could not agree more with everything that Leslie said on Wednesday. Um, I think it's just so difficult, especially when you are a person with a disability, to not sit back and just be like, oh, look at what they have that I don't have. And, you know, majority of our world is sighted people and it's kind of hard to like, at times, like if I'm ever feeling down about my sight, it's really hard to not just, you know, I can't unfollow all my sighted friends, <laughs> but I think that she gave so many amazing points. And I just wanted to touch on something that at times when I've been feeling really down or, you know, not worthy, I have started to do something where I kind of like prepare myself to be better. And it sounds dumb, but like, I'll pick like three things that I can do to like make myself better tomorrow or to like make my life easier tomorrow. I know it sounds silly, whether it be like, I don't know, meal prepping breakfast. Mm. Cause like I said, I'm really bad at eating breakfast or I don't know. I'll like set my dogs, dog bowls by their food so that I don't have to like walk outside and get them. Or I don't know, like I set Henley's clothes out to get her dress first thing in the morning, just like small things that just make tomorrow a little bit easier on a day where I've been feeling down. I don't know how you guys feel about stuff like that, but Ram, I'd be interested to get your thoughts. Honestly, there's so much that comes up around mental health, social media comparisons of people and their... Um, I really just want to say facades of what is being put out there that it, it is it takes up so much of our headspace it takes up so much of our capacity and also it takes so much out of our ability to be authentic to ourselves right like there's these contrasting messages of be yourself be your best self be your most authentic self but then you go out and you compare um not go out you go onto your smartphones and your internet and you compare everything that's out there and who people are on these like in our window of social media and it's very difficult to then come back to ourself and say okay but i'm supposed to be who i am completely it's just not possible it's not possible to hold both of these things true 
unless more of our feeds are filled with real people, unfiltered people. Yeah, and also absolutely. less of this stuff, right? Like the thing is we're bombarded with people's every day and the every day is 24 hours, you know, where you are and who you're with and what you're doing all times of day. I feel like we really need less of that. We just need to see less of each other on the social media so we can encourage ourselves and others to get off. It's really interesting because you get thinking about years gone by and the people we'd compare ourselves, hey, so-and-so on TV, my favorite actor, my they're this. They looked out. Even the baddest person on TV, as far as we were concerned, had so much more going for them than us. But we're seeing that character. We're seeing whether it's somebody made up or the best things that they want to show when they're they're out there in public, in the public eye. We don't see when people are alone, when people are in their own world, dealing with the things, they're paying their bills or whatever it might be. And I think that's the same with social media. We're, we're going to see unless somebody wants you to know about some of their struggles, wants to share, wants to talk, wants to use an outlet, we find ourselves gravitating to the, oh, they're so in shape. Oh, they're involved in stuff all the time. They're always out there. And again, everybody has that time where they don't feel the greatest, but we almost forget that's possible. But we need to just worry and be happy with ourselves. Every little thing you do, I think, is wonderful. And I think, Beth, everybody should do that, whether they are or not. I, I, I think we all know there's things we're good at. I think we all know there's those little things that we do every day to give us a step forward or to feel of accomplishment. And then there are those days where we say, eh, I did nothing today. I accomplished nothing. Mm -hmm. And I hear that everywhere. Everyone says it. Mm. Ladies, thank you, of course. Have a great Catch weekend, us. everyone. Thanks, Beth. Thank Catch us next Friday for another edition of Cut for Time. We wrap up our show on Fridays at this time doing all this discussion. If you want to check out any of the segments that we've played clips from, do visit our podcast. Just uh, subscribe to the Kelly and Romeo podcast. In a moment, we'll look at what's coming up on the weekend, give you our closing moment, and wave bye-bye. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Stream or download Kelly and Ramya and other AMI-tv content on demand using the AMI app. Search for AMI on the Apple App Store, download the app, and find all your favorite AMI-tv content with described video and closed captioning. Gateway to the weekend wide open, folks. Thanks for being with us here on Kelly and Rumia. Weekdays, we're here from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. Over the weekend, tune into Fashion Disc, which celebrates the head-to-toe overhaul of a frustra frustrated style seeker. Saturdays on AMI-TV. Colette wants to get back into the dating game this weekend and is ready to swap out her athleisure for evening wear and dive into some romance. As a power wheelchair user, she wants a look that fits her body and works with her device. That's Fashion Disc, Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. You can keep up to date on the latest in accessible technology with Double Tap, Sundays on AMI-audio. Join hosts, uh, Double Tap, join hosts Stephen Scott and Sean Freeze as they discuss reviews, technology stories, all that stuff interested to people who are partially sighted, blind, or if you identify as people from the disability community. So that's Double Tap, Sundays at noon Eastern on AMI-audio.
Uh, our closing moment, folks. In August, a Christmas uh, book, a children's Christmas book came out. It was published by Janice Griffin, who was 84 at the time, but it all started uh, as a poem she wrote over 70 years ago as an assignment in the seventh grade. Janice Griffin said, I wanted to have a little story that could teach young children the art of giving. Ramya, you were talking about giving earlier in the week with the simple fact of mm. pay it forward, right? To pay it back, do something for someone else. This story was about a mouse who didn't have anything but wanted to do something for a family for Christmas. He remembered, however, that he did have a piece of cheese, his last piece. Giving back has always played a big part in her life. The story idea has always stuck with her throughout her whole life. She wanted to do it over the years, but she was too busy teaching. Janice Griffith said it's gone a long way over the years in, success, in consecutive steps. The first thing she ever did was take the poem, put it to music. She recorded it during the 80s. Her son, Brian, said he is very proud of his mother, and it's never too late to accomplish your goals. Go forward. Think of that, folks. On our show Monday, we have our wow. independent living segment with Leanne <laughs> Barda. We're going to discuss how we can make Halloween more accessible, inclusive, excuse me, and accessible for all, Rum. Oh, she's going to handle fun activities and safety out there, all the above. Also, the Windows 11 2023 update was released last month, and we're going to talk about what's new for users with Michael Babcock. It's going to be a good time, folks. We do this Monday through Friday. We meet you right here on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Whenever you have time for us, please check us out. Now, do me a favor, enjoy your weekend, and... Get out of here, will ya? Hosts, Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amadin. Reporter, Grant Hardy. Senior show producer, Jeff Ryman. Visual producer, Megan McGrath. Producer, Marianne Dion Jones. Graphics, Andrew Antonello. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. Control room operators, Daniel Penamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby. Director, Irene Solomon. Manager of Live Production, Paula Deneen. Manager of Operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Director of TV Production, Kara Nye. Vice President, Content Development and Production, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2023, Accessible Media Inc. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.